Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 21 91. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. It is uh, panel time here on SENZ, and uh, this morning we have got Andrew Gordy and Patrick McKendry, two very experienced uh, journalists, uh, along to talk on a number of issues. Andrew Gordy, uh, you, uh, I know, would like to have a, a little opinion on Brooks Kepka and the LIV. It's uh, turning into a circus, this, mate. This is, this is remarkable, isn't it? Morning, Smithy. Morning, Pat. Morning to all the listeners. Um, yeah, I've got to say, I'm, I'm astounded to re- morning um you know they it just keeps the dominoes just keep falling don't they and you've really got to wonder where this is going to end if this is going to end but boy if you're in charge of the pga tour right now you are in full-blown panic mode because brooks kepka assuming he is going to make the switch and it, and it seems now widely reported that he is going to leave the pga tour and join live golf it will mean now that Live Golf has signed eight of the top 50 players in the world. Now, we obviously know that they've already got the likes of Dustin Johnson. They've got Bryson DeChambeau, Patrick Reed, Phil Mickelson, obviously. These are massive names. And it is, like I say, you just really do wonder where this is going to end. Because at the moment, the PGA Tour... And indeed, the, the majors, who I just think have, have an enormous part to play in, in what we're seeing here, uh, that, that powerless because the money that is on offer here is, is life-changing and it, and it is game-changing for the sport. And I think what we're seeing right now is the PGA Tour just simply being torn apart. And you've got players like, like Colin Morikawa. He's another. He's a you know, fourth-ranked player in the world. Uh, he was rumoured to be the next to be going to make the switch. He's come out today and stated again that he's committed to the PGA Tour. He's saying nothing has changed in that regard. But you, you just wonder how seriously we can take statements like that. It just feels like um, the, the situation and, and the landscape is changing so quickly. We've seen players, and we have seen some of these players say, no, I'm committed to the PGA Tour and I'm not moving. And then suddenly, um, you know, something's changed and, and they are making that move and what's changing is the enormous um, checks that are being placed under their nose uh, to go and do this. Um, it's a, it's a, a quite a remarkable thing we're seeing here for, for the world of golf and yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely captivated by it to be honest and I mean, I know we've spoken at length about whether golfers are right to be to me making this move and, and whether they're right to be accepting money from from. Saudi Arabia, essentially, um, this this debate is going to go on, and it feels like um, the tipping point has been reached, um, and there is there is no going back here. And it seems now that it's widely accepted, you know, that what essentially we had a, a handful of players go, and now now they're all going. And 
yeah, the PGA Tour is in is in massive trouble right now. Yeah, it is. Uh, Patrick uh, McKendry, good morning to you. And, and that's a shame because I, I think we've seen in the last couple of weeks uh, the value of, uh, you know, and the support of golf at the Canadian Open uh, in particular, just the regular PGA event as such. Uh, and then the US Golf Open. And uh, if these guys are going to be banned, if they go and they're going to be banned from playing in such events, uh, golf's the loser overall, isn't it? Even though a lot of individuals are going to be quite, uh, quite the, the winners, aren't they? Yeah, look, um, I, I think it's quite sad to be honest. Um, you know, Gord's touched on the uh, from what I from what I heard there. He touched on the sort of the moral element of it, and it, I, I feel it is immoral what they're doing. You know, taking cash effectively to um, enhance the reputation of a of a regime that rules Saudi Arabia as it does. Um, you know, the, and the hypocrisy that's involved in. And the, and the professionals sort of explaining away their reasons for doing it, it, it comes down to money, pure and simple. And these guys are rich enough. I mean, how much money do you need? Um, it's crazy. Mm. And, um, you know, that is being seduced by, by larger amounts of, of money and extra zeros on the end. And I, I just think it's mad, to be honest. And, and it's quite sad what's happening. It's, um, it, it is sad for golf, and it's sort of tearing apart the, 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 the fabric of really what makes it special in terms of the, the PGA Tour and, and in particular the majors which are, which is special indeed Patrick uh, I haven't clued you up on this or given you any um, inside info I was going to ask you this but uh, I read a story yesterday about Frank Warren of course and uh, the falling out now between uh, Joyce and Parker doesn't seem that fight's going to uh, happen either. he's of course a, a Joyce man uh, and it's uh, looking like a, it might be a, a little bit bitter in, in that regard, saying he's never really wanted to fight Joseph Parker. In other words, he's running from it. Uh, I, I don't know about bitter. I think all, all is fair in, in love and boxing, to be honest. Um, you know, th- things get said, uh, which no one really means. I mean, you look at the build-up of, of just about every big professional fight that's ever happened. Um, all sorts of things get said and done and you know, they're all mates afterwards. No, look, I, I think um, I, I don't think Joseph Parker is running away from Joe Joyce. It just the deal just didn't work out and he decided to go with another promoter. Um, whether that means that fight I mean that fight still could be made and I think Joe himself Joe Parker himself has said that people need to put their egos aside. Um because Frank Warren is aligned with a different uh, broadcast platform, uh, and now that now Joe has gone, basically got the Sky Sport in the UK, uh, and Joe said, "I'll fight Joe Joyce on Sky Sport." You know, it makes no difference to me. Frank Frank Warren needs to put his ego aside and, and, and let it happen. So, I mean, that is a, that was always going to be a massive test for Joe Parker because that is probably a sixty forty fight in Joe Joyce's favour. I feel. But it's a big fight, and he wants big fights. You know, he knows that the clock is ticking on his professional career, Joe Parker. You know, he probably only has three years to go before he before he retires and does something else. So he wants the big fights because that's where the test is, and that's where the money is. Simple as that. So uh, as for running away from him, no, I don't think that's the case at all. What'd you make of it, Andrew? I think Frank Warren's embarrassed, actually, and uh, he can say all he likes about Joseph Parker, but Frank Warren's only got himself to blame because he went off completely half-cocked announcing this fight when they did as part of a broadcast. He broke all the rules. There was an agreement in place about 
the language that was going to be used around uh, that fight in particular and the stage of the of the negotiations that were at. You go back and watch the interviews that took place. Joe Joe was basically had a microphone thrust in front of his face in a live broadcast, um, and the language he used was was far from certain. Whereas whereas Frank Warren. Um, went, went all in, knowing full well that the deal wasn't done, and now he's got evil over his face because Joe's decided to go elsewhere and, and get a better deal. He tried to strong-arm Joe and his management team into a deal, but they hadn't accepted yet, and now he's embarrassed because Joe's pulled out. He's only got himself to blame. OK, 10.32 here on SEN. Said some good fighting talk from uh, Patrick McKendry and Andrew Gordy there, and we'll have more of that on a couple of uh, other issues after the news here from Aroha. Big Opinions, the panel. Andrew Gordy with us this morning, Patrick McKendry and uh, Andrew Gordy. Uh, originally, when uh, Hamish McLennan, RA's uh, Rugby Australia's uh, chairman, made the statement that we're thinking about leaving, some people were saying it was a shot across the bow to get uh, a bigger slice of the pie as such. But he's come back again and uh, he's laughed off comments from former All Blacks, etc. Where do you think this is heading? <laughs> yeah, that's a great question, actually, and I'm, I'm not sure I've got the answer for you because um, it's really intriguing, isn't it? He is completely bullish about this, despite what seemingly every other stakeholder in Australian rugby is saying. He is, um, you know, ploughing this, this role alone, really, isn't he? Um, I'm not sure where it's ending up. I, I'm very sceptical of the timing of his comments, obviously, you know, um, uh, shortly ahead of a, a, a Super Rugby final that no Australian team was in. I'd certainly understand the challenges that they have in their market compared to our one because uh, there are obviously other sports that, that they are in strong competition with, you know, Rugby League and, and AFL being the two major ones, obviously. Um, they're not getting as much money as they feel that they should um, and their teams are losing. They are, they've been better this, this year, um, but they are not successful. And it is very hard to attract new eyeballs and, and maintain the eyeballs that you have on your sport when your teams just simply aren't succeeding. So I guess he's looking at it and going, you know, super rugby and, and there was a, a surge in interest in Australia when it, was, when it was only Australian teams playing because, well, they were winning. Um, and so they think that they can cultivate, I suppose, this, this ecosystem where, you know, the noise is it's a bit of an echo chamber, I suppose, isn't it? You know, you can't get beaten if you're, if you're not playing the best teams week in, week out. Now, that feels like a short-term play to me and a very, taking a very insular view. Um, but he does have, you know, there's some merit to his argument because he knows very, very well, especially now that South Africa is not part of the competition, that New Zealand rugby does need Australia uh, to have a successful super rugby competition. And he probably is looking at the fact that, yep, New Zealand rugby pulls a decent number from Sky and that New Zealand rugby has just had a massive cash injection by, you know, to a degree, selling selling a, a, a massive part of them, selling their soul, so to speak. Mm. And so he's, he's looking at New Zealand rugby, they're cashed up, they need us, so he's using it as an opportunity, I suppose. Do I think Australia will ultimately walk away? Probably not, but I think they're ready to negotiate um, and, and play hard for with New Zealand rugby. 
Yeah, it's interesting that from our side of things, Patrick, uh, we've just heard one comment out of Mark Robinson, our CEO at this point, nothing from our chairman as such, just to the extent with, uh, let's not play this out in the media, uh, you know, let's sit down, talk about it, uh, we're, the way we've sorted out other issues in the past, but uh, the Australians, Phil Kearns included, seem to want to make it very public, sort of spat if it is that. Yeah, I can understand New Zealand rugby's approach um, because I think it was the approach really which um, played a big part in creating this problem in the first place, really, when you when you go back and look at Ren Timpey's um, actions and comments towards Australian rugby um, and his, his sort of attitude of, we don't really need you, um, it was that perceived arrogance, really, which has is, which is kicked this off. And, and I do understand um, Cleaner's point of view. I don't think it's sustainable um, because there's no way... Australian rugby is going to get better playing amongst themselves. Um, I think we saw some sort of green shoots of improvement this season. Um, you know, the Brumbies were, were a pretty good, pretty competitive outfit. Uh, we saw some good stuff from the from the Waratahs and Reds as well. So I, I just can't see how they can improve playing amongst themselves, and certainly not on an international level. Um, now I guess it is all about timing, and um, with with England arriving soon as well, which would be a highly anticipated series. Um, but you have to think, you know, if, if, if the Aussies just played amongst themselves over the last um, sort of five or six months, what sort of a chance would they be of beating England over three tests in Australia? I, 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 just, I just can't see it happening. So uh, it's, it's interesting. It's entertaining from a, from a bystander's point of view or a media point of view. Um, but really, I, I just think it's probably simply um, sabre-rattling really, and it, it seems like a prelude to, prelude to uh, negotiations. Mm. Uh, Patrick, um, before I let you go, there's a, another test match tomorrow night. Um, I, I don't think the World Test Champions, current West World Test Champions, can afford to be whitewashed in England by an England side that prior to the first test match seemed to be a rabble. Uh, this is important. I'd uh, I'd settle for a draw at this point, Smithy, to be honest. Having watched two tests in which New Zealand appear to put themselves in very strong positions, if not unbeatable positions, to see them sort of slide so quickly at the end was uh, disappointing, to say the least. Um, Because I don't don't think it's a great England team either. You know, I think they've shown real vulnerabilities at times. I know there's been a big, a lot of noise about McCallum's arrival and, and things, but I, I just, I, I think New Zealand will be very disappointed with how, how things have played out. They've had some great opportunities uh, to win both of those tests and they haven't taken them. So, yeah, I mean, a whitewash would be quite, quite disastrous, as you say. I, I, I think so. I'd, I'd be sitting for a draw. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Gord's uh, Wagner, yes. And um, what after that? Absolutely, yes. Neil Wagner's got to be sitting there going, what have I done? What, what, has he offended mm. Gary Stead in, in some way or the selectors? I mean, what does this guy have to do? I mean, he has, he has nothing to prove. He has, won, he has won test matches for New Zealand. He has, he has the, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm saying things that have already been said by 100 other people before, but he's a hard-on-the-sleeve guy. He's a, he's a competitor, and he's the guy that you want in the trenches, and they're in the trenches right now. They're in the trenches. They're, they're the World Test Champions. They're 2-0 down. The series is gone against a team who were an absolute rabble coming into this test. And part of me actually wonders, is Brendan McCullum just in the heads? Has he managed to get into the, into the New Zealand's Heads, I suppose, um, ahead of this. Have they been sort of 
outplayed mentally in, in this test. I wonder. It's, it's. I, I'm really struggling to put my finger on it. But look, you've got you've got a few players who are obviously. Well, you've, you've got Devin Conway, obviously Michael Bracewell is recovering from COVID, um, and you've got Kane Williamson coming back as well. And boy, is there some pressure on his shoulders. I mean, I, you know, I was on this panel last week and. You know, Mark uh, Mark Watson gave a gave a pretty strong opinion on Kane Williamson. I'm not quite there with him, but the the point is, Kane Williamson has a bit of a point to prove coming into this uh, into this Test match. Um, he's going to be leading a side again that, as I say, is is two 0 down in the series, looking to avoid embarrassment, frankly. And um, he's he's going to have to live his, lift his game. He's got you know Ben Stokes and, and in particular Joe Root who. Yeah, who is creating um, an interesting narrative, I suppose, for Kane Williamson at the moment. He's a guy who's been relieved of the captaincy duties and, and is playing um, some of the best cricket he's played in a long time. And, yeah, that, you know, whether whether you agree that or not that that is something that should happen with Kane Williamson, personally, I don't. But the point is, he's got to go out there and show some leadership and, and show us that he's still one of the best batsmen in the world on, on his day, for sure. Um, yeah, there is an awful lot to turn around here. And, and, and But yes, to, to go back to the original point, I am really scratching my head about Neil Wagner. And I, and I get the sense even that some of the other players are scratching their heads about why Neil Wagner hasn't been included in, in the first two test matches of a series against England that now we find ourselves 2-0 down in. I mean, he's, he's simply has to come back into the side and I think we'll see a response from him. And I, and I certainly hope we'll see a response from the team as well. Andrew Gordy, Patrick McKendry have been our panel this morning. Gentlemen, thank you very much for those considered opinions. We'll have another panel same time tomorrow morning. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.